Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on every third Tuesday of the month. Discover... The cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Today, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be speaking about what I would call an out-of-this-world subject, the initiation of the solar system. I'm sure we are all looking forward to that insight on this unusual and fascinating event. I certainly am so. Without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you very much, Nikki, our producer. Thank you, Nikki. (laughs) Good day to you, Richard. And to you, Chrissy. Thank you. Uh, Richard, before we begin, I was just uh, telling our chief executive of Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Penny Mm. Golden, that oh, yes. uh, she just has to be here because today is going to be absolutely mind-blowing. And no, I'm <laughs> typical of Penny. She couldn't wait to be here. So she is also in the wings waiting to hear oh, this that's wonderful. wonderful revelation. Welcome, Penny. Thank you for being here. And Richard, um, over to you now to introduce this mind-blowing topic. Well, it really is. I think we're all out of our depth. Let me just say that straight away. Uh, The initiation of the solar system, which took place in our time sequence, and of course their time sequence is totally different from ours, but we would call it 1969. And I think really, Chrissy, it's a topic that's so vast um, and yet so crucial that perhaps None of us have felt really qualified to to comment much about it. Dr. King gave a brilliant seminar on it, and I sincerely hope that at some point that will become available um, to to members and friends of the Ethereum Society and anyone actually who's really interested or or whether it will be selective. I don't know, but that's a a real source of knowledge about this event. it is published. It's published in the book Visit to the Logos of Earth. The transmission about the initiation of the solar system is published in that book in full. And I would suggest maybe if you wanted to, uh, anyone who has that book and is listening to this baby as a podcast, might want to pause it now and go and get the book and uh, follow the transmission in the book as we go through it because this is a really in-depth topic indeed. So if you've done that, if you've paused it and you've come back with your book, you need to be turning to page 35, that is, of Visit to the Logos of Earth by Dr. George King, one of the great books, of course, of all time. Now, I would say, Chrissy, that this initiation of the solar system it's certainly the greatest event we've heard of in this solar system uh it must have a massive effect upon everything that happens on earth because we're all interrelated and really we can't understand the you know, the progress of the cosmic plan i would go that far without really knowing about this, not fully understand it anyway, or, or even have a greater understanding. I don't think any of us fully understand the cosmic plan yet in our stage of evolution. Uh, it, it is vast, so um, people, I hope listeners will bear with us. We're going to try and penetrate the depths as best we can and the inner meanings and the significance of this really, truly extraordinary event, a positive event, in nearly all respects. Um, There's one that isn't, well, we'll go into that um, in every way, but certainly from our point of view, nothing but beneficial. So I think Chrissy, having given that little preamble, I think maybe um, you could read sections of it and then we could all study it as we go through this podcast on the initiation of the solar system. So we have a transmission here from the Master Ethereus 
that was delivered on December the 28th, 1969, after the event had taken place. So, Chrissy, could you start reading the first extract, please? Certainly, yes. The Master is Serious. Good afternoon. This afternoon, I will deal very briefly with the initiation of our solar system. The initiation of all life forms on the major planets of this solar system, with the exception of Terra, has now been completed. This vast and difficult cosmic movement was gradually put into operation over the past few of your months. But, of course, a movement on this scale cannot be spoken of in a measured time sequence, as you on Terra know time. The great lords have planned this for many centuries and had to make it with, as you no doubt can appreciate, great care and only after giving full attention to major details. Contrary to appearances, the initiation of terror went as expected. The results were exactly as predicted. After this came the stupendous struggle with alien forces, later to be followed by Operation Carmelite. Each mission was performed in the correct karmic manner. Thank you, Chrissy. So we have here a revelation made after the event uh, by the Master Ethereus, and he tells us that the great lords, and these would be hierarchical lords, uh, absolute gods, uh, karmic lords for sure. Uh, what level, I wouldn't know, but at a very, very high level, and they have planned this initiation of the solar system for many centuries. Um, and that's centuries in our time. And furthermore, these lords, uh, Dr. King has revealed, would have known the future. They, they, they are capable of knowing the past, the present, and the future in its entirety. And so all the events that were due to come would be slotted into place. And I think when you look at what's happened in our world in those years leading up to this initiation, suddenly it all makes tremendous amount of sense. So I'd like to just, if I can, Chrissy, just reel back a little to some of those events. We've talked about them before on Ethereus Radio Live, and students of the Ethereum Society teachings will be familiar with them, but let me just recap, and the Master Ethereus himself there does uh, name some of the things that have happened. So on May the 29th, 1964, uh, a Supreme Council meeting took place upon the planet Saturn, and this meeting was attended by the Lord Babaji, and he represented the earth and humanity, not that humanity knew anything about it unless they were working with primary terrestrial mental channel or another great uh, master on this world. A very great one. So at that meeting, the Lord Babaji, just to, to, to put it simply, petitioned, among other things, he petitioned for or on behalf of the Mother Earth for her initiation to take place. Now this initiation of Earth had been waiting, had been put off for tens, actually probably hundreds of thousands of years, it was offered to her uh, during the period of Atlantis and she turned it down then. And suddenly at this time she wanted, she determined and through the office of the Lord Babaji petitioned for her initiation to take place. That's a very, very interesting move, very, very significant timing, which could well relate, I would suggest, to the initiation of the solar system. And we'll see why, I think, in a moment. Now, so that then took place in a matter of weeks. It was only weeks between May the 29th and July the 8th, 1964, before her initiation, as we all know in the Ethereum Society, took place. And I won't recap on that initiation. It's the greatest event in our calendar, the greatest event since her inception as a planet. Now, that of itself triggered something. And this is where it gets really interesting and you can see the, the jigsaw pieces manipulated by those lords, those cosmic lords, those no doubt galactic, I would think, lords, um, and the moves they were making. 
for over hundreds of years to culminate in this initiation of the solar system. So one of the things the initiation of the Earth did, of course, and this must have been known, I would suggest, by the Mother Earth herself, that it would do this, uh, was to trigger the alien android. And again, we've discussed this in depth on Aetherius Radio Live. It's very available in our teachings. And it brought about the alien mission, which culminated then on January the 22nd, 1966. And that's the mission in which the five adepts evicted this alien android. And very significantly, I would add to that, it was timed so that it occurred just prior to an attempted invasion or in the tame, same time frame as an, an attempted invasion of this galaxy by the aliens. So it would seem to me that had that android not been triggered by the initiation of Earth, it might well have been triggered by the aliens themselves who were intent on an invasion of this galaxy. So that's all the timing, and in our time sequence, it's uh, 1965, and it culminated January the 22nd, 1966. Then you have another move made soon after this on Earth, and that was the move made by the most advanced, uh, negative, dark magician um, on Earth, often given the name Satan, actually given many names, and that was an attempt then for two reasons. That intelligence also detected the energies released by the initiation of Earth and made a massive mistake, actually, because what they didn't calculate, either the alien android or Satan, was that the Mother Earth would withhold her energies. They were expecting these energies to be released. Uh, and this is very, very significant, because why would the Mother Earth petition for her initiation if she didn't intend to release the energies, or very, very gradually release them? Certainly wasn't for her own benefit, because she hasn't taken that benefit, and she's not taking it at the moment or for a period of time. So I would suggest it could well be that she knew it would trigger the alien. Of course, once the android was evicted, uh, the android being far more powerful than even than Satan, that cleared the way then in Satan's warped but brilliant I'm sorry to have to say that might be shocking to some people, but it was a brilliant mind, as, as Dr. King has explained many times, to make its move, thinking that these energies would be released by the Mother Earth and that if it didn't move now for its conquest of the planet, that's what all dark forces on all realms seem to want, uh, all realms that have dark forces anyway, conquest of the planet or conquest of other regions, um, and it made its move. And then this resulted in what had been prophesied, namely Armageddon, and it was given the name in our teachings as Operation Carmelite, culminating then in the transmutation, transmutation of Satan on February the 24th, 1969. And this is where it gets really, really interesting. Now, people who have really studied, and please do forgive me, if you're very new to us, I do realize this is going to sound like a massive amount of information being bombarded your way. And I can only <laughs> encourage you to study some of these things. And one of the purposes of Ethereus Radio Live, actually, is that we sometimes we go really in-depth like we are in this program or trying to do, and sometimes we're, we, we, we don't. We, we, we give more introductory kind of topics. So we do vary it. And this, I have to say, is, is in the first category. So Operation Carmelite then culminated on February the 24th, 1969, and it was given, though, prior to this, a deadline. And it was given that deadline by a perfect of Saturn. Now, there are 12 perfects of Saturn. And these are the most advanced, the most holy, the most sacred masters on any planet in this solar system. And what they say, as far as all the other intelligences in this solar system, except people on Earth is law and is revered 
and is followed, willingly followed, because that's what they wish to do. It's not imposed upon them. They wish to do it. Uh, on earth, of course, we're nowhere near, well, let's face it, most people wouldn't even believe in the perfect of Saturn in the first place, sadly, yet. I must say that, yet. So this transmission we have from this perfect of Saturn really places it at the height of our, our teachings. Because, Chrissy, I, I don't think, and I could easily be wrong, that we have another transmission that comes to mind at the moment anyway that was delivered by a perfect of Saturn. We certainly have a small number from lords of Saturn, but this is a perfect. Are you aware of one? I'm certainly not. No, it's the first time no. I've ever heard of this. Yeah. yeah. So this perfect of Saturn then gave a deadline for Operation Carmelite, and, he, and it gave this, it's not a he, by the way, or a she, it's, it is an intelligence which is above sex or gender as we know it. It's all sex and, and, and both and neither. Um, it gave this, dedic this declaration that the mission of Calm Operation Carmelite had to be finished by March the 19th, and in fact it was finished 22 days early. And it said that uh, the reason for this was to gain the greatest karmic, as is in my words, benefits from that mission. Now, I think that's very interesting, the timing. In fact, I can give you the exact quote. In order that the greatest possible good may be brought about by the adepts in their conflict, that which you term Operation Carmelite must see its primary objective reached prior to March the 19th. Those are the exact words, and the primary objective was the transmutation of Satan. Now, when you now turn to the initiation of the solar system, I don't think this has ever been um, put forward before. I might be wrong. So I'm, you can take this purely as you know, my own thinking. I'm suggesting this as a line of thought. It seems to make perfect sense to me, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll just give it forth as my opinion here only, and you can take it or leave it. But when you consider that the, the initiation of the solar system took place over a period of months, it was not like the initiation of Earth, which took place actually in a matter of minutes. It took place over a period of months, and those months were prior to December the 28th, 1969 when this transmission was delivered that we're studying today then I think you can see a massive significance and correlation between this deadline of March the 19th which must have been very close I would suggest to the time when that initiation of the solar system was due to start in our time frame uh, they as I mentioned earlier they have a different time sequence but in terms of our time frame and I'm not suggesting for one second that they, the initiation of the solar system could not have been performed had Operation Carmelite not been completed, uh, because obviously uh, it didn't include this planet. But I would suggest, and again, coming back to the words of that perfect, perfect of Saturn, in order the greatest possible good may be brought about, that it would be far better, surely, that a, a massive conflict between the forces of light and evil with an unknown, unknown in terms of uh, mo all, most, most people and even most intelligences anyway, outcome, that that really was not going on at the time of this glorious cosmic initiation of great light. So uh, I think that's a very interesting aspect of the timing. The only other thing I would mention is something that Dr. King did reveal, which is that the uh, initiation of Earth had to take place, or rather could not take place, until after this attempted alien invasion, because had it taken place during the attempted inva alien invasion, then the light that would have gone up in this solar system and been detected by people, beings, much, I won't say they were better because they were evil intelligences, but far more knowledgeable um, and brilliant than backward Earth, 
uh, they would have seen this light and it would have drawn them to this solar system and it would have been dangerous. So those are two aspects of the timing, which I, I think, and it goes to prove, I think, Chrissy, just how rewarding an in-depth study of the Ethereum Society teachings are, how substantial these teachings are, how they stack up from a consistency point of view and how it merits deep studying. It's like mining deeper and then finding new layers of gold and then suddenly a new vein of silver. And it's an ongoing, it's a forthcoming um, offering, as it were, that you get when you really penetrate or try to penetrate the inner meanings of our teachings. Absolutely. Um, by the way, I appreciate your poetic words there, Richard. That's definitely <laughs> what we are doing today, isn't it? And you make some, I think so. Thank you for laying out the timing in this way because it's very, very helpful. And you know, the timing of the significant events that had to take place before the initiation could come about. And we know yes. that the uh, initiating lords took centuries to plan this. And we know that they, uh, they knew the past and they knew the present. So I imagine that, well, I can't really imagine how these ones think, but it sort of makes sense that they would arrange everything so that the future could be guaranteed. And, and I imagine there were so many sort of details that, were, that they had to solve, and despite their abilities, um, it would have been a massive event, massive amount of planning and details. And if one detail went wrong, then that would have had terrible consequences for something as vast as this, initiating an entire solar system and all life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is so interesting to have it sort of laid out as you did. It's very, very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy. Are you going to be kind enough to do the next reading, please? Oh, yes, absolutely. The Master Jerry again. While this was proceeding, the initiation of the major part of this system was being put into operation and at what you would call the right time. The cosmic movement was made. As a result of this, all life forms, except the most involved, were vibrated onto a different physical level of existence. All intelligent life forms were not only vibrated onto a higher physical plane of existence, but they have since been able to take with them essential equipment necessary for their further evolution. Even the most advanced animal and vegetable forms have now been lifted to a higher frequency of vibration. As a result of this, we can now operate to a more complete extent than we could before this cosmic initiation. As you know, life forms on planets like Mars, Venus, Jupiter, and similar planets were able to change from one physical level of existence to another one at will. But often, the energy necessary to remain at this higher level of vibratory existence was considerable. Now we have more complete mastery and control over all aspects of being without the expenditure of vast amounts of energy. This gift to us will make each one of us more productive and will enable each and every one of us to put together the pattern of evolutionary progression in a less limited manner. Indeed, does the divine architect of creation work in mysterious ways its wonders to perform? Thank you very much, Chrissy. And I think here we have a, a fascinating revelation. And I think one of, I'd like to stress one thing that Dr. King considered extremely important. As a matter of fact, even before founding the Ethereum Society, when he was involved in what was then called the spiritualist movement in Great Britain, uh, he always made this point, and he, and he got a lot of flack for it and a lot of disagreement at the time from some people in that movement because he stressed that the other realms or the other planes are physical, that when you go there, they are, and when you're living there or dwelling on that realm, they are completely physical that you know you, that you have a, perhaps a door and it's made perhaps of wood and so on, but you're just on another level. And he, didn't, he wanted to get away from this airy, fairy kind of concept. Now, so this is a concept that he put over very early on and also the Cosmic Masters put over very early on. 
they have the capacity, as far as we're concerned, for invisibility. That was stated as early as 1955 by the master theory. It's being admitted now, like in 2021, by certain government sources um, who, who say that they are capable of invisibility and then reappearance. This has been seen by thousands of people. In terms of life on other planets, of course, it is because they are able to vibrate onto a different physical level of existence. Uh, that's the phrase used by the Master Etherius. So they could live on this level if they chose to, but they don't need to. Now, so in terms of the inhabitants, and we're not now talking about the planets themselves, but the inhabitants of those planets, who were able, and here you have a stark contrast with the Earth and, and uh, the initiation of Earth, where we, humanity, were not able to, in commas, take her initiation. We couldn't deal with it. We couldn't cope with it. We would be transmuted from the planet. Uh, we wouldn't have survived it had we not been screened. And anyone who's familiar and members are familiar, and, and this is available to members of the Ethereum Society, the book, The Day the Gods Came, will know what lengths the cosmic martyrs went to to screen terrestrial, all of us on Earth, uh, from these initiatory energies, because we would have been immediately transmuted. How different on the other planets, where on all the other planets in this solar system, they were already they were all able to take these energies and be risen by them. Um, and so they could go with this, this transition, this, this high, higher level of vibratory existence. They were, now, they were already able to move through different energy levels. As I mentioned, they, could, they would suddenly become invisible on one level if they chose to as they traveled to another one. But now they're able to attain a much higher level with less expenditure of energy, which means they can stay there longer. And it makes them, as the master of theorists puts it, more productive and they're less limited. Uh, I think those are the main points there. The one little point I would say, you might have noticed there, reference to uh, equipment as well, essential equipment. That's, that's what we might call physical equipment uh, being also risen and advanced animal and it says vegetable forms actually in the original transmission the audio transmission which we checked carefully before doing this broadcast the word is vegetation so it's actually vegetation that was risen and animal life that was risen and equipment as well as all the intelligences on all the other planets in this solar system We see here, I think, the vast difference between these two forms of initiation, one given to the planet Earth with its backward race of people who doesn't have a clue about these things, and the other planets with these wonderfully advanced intelligences um, where they can take use of this tremendous initiation. And I think when I heard that the advanced animals were able to accept this initiation, I think is a very sobering thought for us humans, actually. Um, it is. Interesting that the Master of Sirius says all, all life forms except the most involved are raised, um, implying that perhaps the most basic vegetation and basic animal life were either, I don't know, transmuted or perhaps uh, will be seen by visiting astronauts. Well, we don't know that. I mean, that would be entirely no, we whether they, they wish to, to allow them to be seen, really. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I, 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 sorry, Chrissy, I'm, I'm interrupting you, sorry. No, it was an interesting thought whether, you know... It is an interesting thought. ...basic form of life or whether they're actually transmuted during the initiation, I don't know. Yeah, that's not spelt out. Uh, no. And, of course, it, we should say that should uh, intellig intelligences on other planets wish to be seen by astronauts, and there's no indication that they would, by the way, um, then, of course, they could appear, they could manifest, they can still, they're perfectly capable of doing so. I think it's worth mentioning, Chrissy, at this point, that Dr. King himself didn't fully 
agree with this and he said so he was quite open and he also said it didn't really matter whether he agreed or not but he didn't think uh, and this would be just like the, the month uh, when he gave the the, the, the uh, seminar a month later in 1970 in January he said that he didn't think mankind or humanity deserves to go to other planets and as he put it, he can't even run his own house correctly. And he said, and I'll be very honest with you, I don't like it. If I had any say in it, he'd be confined to this earth. But he proved worthy of going to other places. And he wouldn't have even gone to the moon yet. This is Dr. King's own opinion I, I'm giving in his words. And then he goes on, however, I don't have any say in it. I must conclude that whether I like it or not doesn't make a bit of difference. The Lords have decided this, and I'm very glad that they take the responsibility of such decisions because I wouldn't like to. I really wouldn't like to be faced with the responsibility of that decision to take the embargo off interplanetary travel to man. On the one hand, if you do confine him to his planet, you're confining the whole of his education to a certain set of environments. On the other hand, if you do allow him to go to other planets, he may upset the balance of those planets and undoubtedly will, because of his blundering ignorance, if for no other reason. And, you know, you can see what, where Dr. King is coming from. I mean, obviously, he fully accepted this very compassionate decision by the great lords and by the inhabitants of those planets to allow blundering human beings to attempt to... I mean, they perpetrate explosions on, on Mars. And they, yeah. you, you know, the, the, these things are not acceptable, have no permission whatsoever to do it, but it is being allowed. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's very interesting the way Dr. King expresses that, that he himself <laughs> didn't like it, um, but it, it's not up to him. And, and it's a very compassionate move. And whether, you know, at least we can't go there where they're doing things that they need to do and upset them. And not that we could stop them, but we would just be nothing but trouble as yeah. far as they are concerned. And, um, you know, that, that's something I think for us to bear in mind. Uh, we, we, we've even yeah. bombarded the moon, never mind other planets. Anyway, I suppose, Chrissy, uh, we might be needing to go to our producer before we get into trouble for the halfway announcements. Certainly, time flies. Yes, over to Nikki. Thank you. Well, certainly, time does fly. And wow, thank you, Richard and Chrissy. What a brilliant insight into such a unique event. And wow, thank you for putting yet another piece into the cosmic jigsaw puzzle. Anyway, you're going to hear more later. So um, you are listening to a serious radio live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze speaking about the initiation of the solar system. Absolutely mind-blowing. Anyway, we still have a few more days of the magnificent energies pouring down from that wonderful shining temple Satellite number three, during which all spiritual actions performed with a selfless motive are enhanced by 3,000 times. We go, what to blame? It will be leaving orbit of our world at 12 midnight GMT on May 23rd. So please, please feel welcome to join with us in our special service to mark the last hour of the first spiritual push for 2021. This will be live streamed from the Aetherius Temple in London, led by our two bishops in the UK, Right Reverends Richard and Alison Rowan. Please follow the link, Aetherius.org. So let us please make the most of such wonderful energies in these remaining days. As always, you are warmly invited to join us with our services held during this period to flood our world with much-needed spiritual energy. And the details are on theorist.org and 12blessings.org, and that is 12 integers. Well, here's an, an interesting thing. We've got Tuesday... June the 1st sees another King Yoga Experience event to be live-streamed from the Aetherius Temple in London, which will be led by Mark Bennett, and is entitled Prayer Energy, How to Channel the Power of the Universe. Again, please follow the link from Aetherius.org. 
For the next Sirius Radio Live show on June the 15th, Chrissy will be joined by her guest, Paul Nugent, an international director based at the American headquarters of the Assyria Society, and they will be discussing an intriguing title, The Speeding Up of Evolution. So, that's it for now, and I'm so pleased to hand you back to your hosts, Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. So... Um, carrying on, so initiation of the solar system, could you please do our third reading, Chrissy? Certainly. Uh, again, the master of theories. Although Terra was screened from the initiatory energies, however, all life forms upon this planet will benefit in many ways through our progression. One outstanding benefit, which you will enjoy when you have earned it, will be that when you progress from Terra to a higher planet, you too will have the ability to live in this higher vibratory state to which I have referred. Another benefit which you upon Terra will reap from the cosmic movement will be that now the planets are open to your exploration. No longer need they be closed to you as they were up until this time. For even when you visit these, and now you will, sooner or later, you, by such visits, will only learn those secrets you have earned. Previous to this initiation, we could not allow any of you to land your machines on any other inhabited world because we would have had to screen our activities from you. Now the gods have done this most effectively. You can walk the surface of Mars for a thousand of your years without making any discovery which you have no right to make. You can now live on some planets for 10,000 of your years, and until you are ready, you could still erroneously conclude that they were not inhabited, save by basic vegetation forms. Just as some dwellers from other parts of this gal galaxy could come onto Terra and be unaware of the presence of terrestrial man, so you too can visit other planets without being aware of intelligent life unless that intelligence sees fit to make its presence known. Thank you, Chrissy. So it does look that uh, if you were able to live on certain other planets, you would only see basic vegetation forms. Um, or you could only see, as I say, unless they chose to reveal themselves. And I think it's just interesting, and I looked up before the show, the, just on Wikipedia, the uh, actual first landings on other planets. So the first landing listed there in this Wikipedia site uh, on Venus from the USSR was on the 15th of December 1970. So that's just about a year after this initiation. And that was the first successful soft landing on, on any other planet in this solar system. So the permission granted within a year, uh, a landing was made uh, on Venus. There had been attempts to land on Venus before, since 1966, and they never were able to do it. They were all crushed by atmospheric pressure before impact. And on Mars, uh, the first man-made object, uh, uh, there was no contact, it was a crash landing actually, that was the 27th of November 1971. But USSR, Mars 3 lander, on the 2nd of December 1971 had the first soft landing on Mars, and then on the 20th of July 1976, successful soft landing. And again, um, there had been certainly been attempts, as I mentioned, to land on Venus. I'm not sure whether there had been attempts to land on Mars before this. So it does go to show that uh, once this permission was granted, then indeed uh, it became possible for such landings to take place. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the sort of materialistic thinker doesn't realize, no matter how brilliant they may be or highly qualified they may be as a scientist or an academic, they don't realize the metaphysics, the mysticism, the spirituality of the equation, that it's a massive privilege to come into contact with intelligences from other planets. And it's something 
we don't deserve. And from this point of view, you can really understand Dr. King's feelings on the matter. From a karmic point of view, we don't deserve this. Um, and we're just not ready to observe their civilizations, their secrets, their scientific advancement, even their rituals. Uh, if we went there, you know, which I'm sure they wouldn't allow us to do, but it would be very complex for them to to stop us from seeing things and learning things which, let's face it, humanity is inclined to misuse. I mean, already, and stand by, folks, because when UFO material is released, stand by for authorities, I think they've started already, are going to say this is a threat to our defences. They see it as a defence issue. We are a hostile belligerent race. Why is it that our defense department are the departments of government which are studying, although they've denied it for decades, and nobody has more credibility on this topic that I know of than the Ethereum Society. There's no, we are the oldest international UFO organization, and we have said this, and I don't want to get off topic here, since the very beginning. I mean, there's a petition underway in the UK right now, I gather, for the governments to reveal information about UFOs. But Dr. King put a petition in in 1958. And you might remember, Chrissy, we took a petition to Margaret Thatcher at 10 Downing Street in 1979. We've been on this from the beginning, way ahead of people who are now, and I'm glad they are, jumping onto the bandwagon of it, and that's good. Let's get some revelations made if possible, but do stand by for this idea that they are hostile, and we are very hostile. You know, we, we, we attempt to bomb uh, the moon, and, and we, we, we are people you wouldn't really want visiting you uh, at all, um, and it's very compassionate of them to let us even visit a realm of the planet which they are no longer inhabiting, I would say, Chrissy. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's so true that you brought up the karmic fact that we don't you know, deserve certain mm. things. Well, I know in the, even in the 70s, my brother was studying science, and he said at that time there was a move to um, sort of take over Mars, you know, to right. live on Mars. And yeah. I think all the way along, our motive of many, many probably countries and organizations is to do just that. Yes. And, you know, because we, we destroy our own planet, we take everything we need from this beautiful planet, and then we want to go to another planet and destroy it. So, of course, you can totally understand what you're saying about our master is so very interesting, because we really yeah. can understand it. Um, we just don't even deserve to see these advanced masters, let alone land on their planet. Um, no. If only people would realize those things. Well, it, it is actually infuriatingly absurd that we have these ideas out there of them being hostile. Because as Mars Sector once put it, if and this isn't the exact words, but it was a very simple statement, and it was in 1958, he said, if we, if we were, weren't friendly, you would not exist. We yeah. wouldn't stand a chance against these intelligences. Um, and our, as you rightly say, Chrissy, our whole history is one of conquest. Look how we treated, you know, the, the imperialistic conquests of Africa, of South America, of other parts of the world. It's our first thought, and let's not delude ourselves that we wouldn't be thinking, what can we get out of this if we succeed in getting to Mars? What, what's the benefit to us? And we'd be already uh, taking a, a hostile defensive approach. I mean, we've even done that with UFOs. There have been attempts, it's on the record, it's not denied, to fire missiles at UFOs. And yet, in mm. their compassion, they are letting us visit their planets. And this initiation, of course, has enabled this to happen in a way that won't disturb them so much. It's still not great, us messing about on the physical plane, but they are out of it. They are on higher realms. The timing of it all is another perfect piece of timing, as I say, which the average material scientist wouldn't begin to understand because they don't appreciate what karmic damage we'd actually do to ourselves by upsetting the balance of a civilization on another planet. Well, that's a very interesting point, yes. Yeah. Well, another thing about that reading um, really amazed me, Richard, is that mm -hmm. we now know 
that we will have the opportunity, once we pass through the initiation of ascension on this planet, to join the life cycle of other planets in the yes. solar system and live in the higher vibratory rate that now exists. Yes. I know the master of theory says you'll, you'll have to earn it, but still, in a way, we're sort of, um, step, you know, we're taking a shortcut in a way. Uh, I don't know how that will work. We'll probably have to do more karmic manipulations to earn this outstanding privilege, or it's something that will sort of automatically happen. But it's a fantastic promise for all of us. I mean, can I give a, a sort of extremely basic example? And it's not a comparison, but um, you will remember, and some listeners to Ethereum Radio Live will remember, the beginnings of Operation Prayer Power. And when we right. started doing Operation Prayer Power in the 1970s, and we were able to assess the quality of the energy, it was very often category A, as we call it, or category B, just very occasionally even a thing called category C, but that was rare. We gradually moved up to what we now call A+, and now our energy is predominantly double A+. Now, a new attender, and I'm very pleased to say we had a new attender here in London on Sunday, a new attender could walk in to Operation Prep. I know this is a very, very basic example only, but they could walk in to an, a, an energy level at Operation Prayer Power that is very different from the energy level they would have walked in at Operation Prayer Power in the 1970s. Uh, it's gone up several notches, and that's because of all the work that attenders have done and the prayers have done and the mantra teams have done over the decades to get it to a higher level. But a newer person walking in uh, is going to immediately be part of that higher vibration. Um, and in fact, newer prayers are able to attain that, I think as a result of their sensitization to this vibration, quicker than they would have been able to in the past. And maybe that's a sort of a little example of us, you know, on a much bigger cosmic scale, being able, as a set, when eventually we ascend, to immediately uh, enter that higher vibration. Yes, that is a good example, actually, which is one that people can uh, relate to. Yeah, and I've thought about it a lot because, you know, like you in Michigan and other parts, we're getting new prayers. And, you know, when they, they would have been working to get A, A or A plus energy, but now the new, new, new prayer has to get double A plus. Now, there is a proviso that they, they, the younger people coming in now could have been doing Operation Prayer Power before they were born on the other realms, for all I know, depending on their age. Uh, because it's been on the other realms now for several decades. But nevertheless, they're walking into this different vibration and they're able to attain it. This is my key point more quickly. And I mm. think that's only because yeah. they're immediately sensitized to it as soon as they become a Mantra Team member now. Yes. And I, even though the world is in a terrible state, uh, the people who are spiritually minded, I think that they are becoming more sensitized by all the all the missions that have taken place as well. But I think certainly that's um, a very good point. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're on to our fourth reading. I'm just seeing how, how we're doing. We're okay for time. So would you be kind enough to do the fourth reading? Yes, certainly. The Master of Theories. Your explorers have already spoken to you with forked tongues regarding their findings upon the simple moon, which is your neighbor. Already, information gathered during the landings upon Luna has been carefully screened, and you have been told what authority saw fit to tell you. No more. This type of situation will continue, but rest assured that there must come a time, because of your evolutionary position, that a great change will take place in this respect. It is not part of the divine law to keep life forms in confinement, even in planetary confinement. Neither is it in the divine law to keep life forms in ignorance. As you move outwards towards the other worlds, so also will your internal systems change until you will be just as informed of conditions and discoveries as those who experience them. This is so. What a wonderful thought. Um, and as Dr. King said about that, we have faith in this time. Apparently it will come. 
I think there will come a time when a saturation point will be reached, and when it is, then revelations will have to be made to Mr. and Mrs. Taxpayer. They've kept the truth of flying saucers from you. In fact, he said that in editorials back in the 1950s in print. Uh, he has, as I said earlier, the, the most outstanding record, and so does the Ethereum Society, of any organization I know of over, over the, the t a period of, what is it now, uh, well over 60 years, isn't it? Uh, 65 yeah. years, actually, that we've, we've been active. But may I, I did a, bit of, a little bit of research on the moon, and again, it shows our consistency, and again, I checked on Wikipedia, and I stress it's only Wikipedia. Uh, so going back to 1958, Mars Sector 6 in a transmission, and this was published in Cosmic Voice 18, said this, We strongly advise terrestrial man to expend all his available energy on putting right his own world before he attempts any infiltration into the other worlds in the solar system. Please note, I said before he attempts, for he will not be allowed to land on any other planet in this solar system until he has put his own house into spiritual order. So that has been changed, brilliantly changed actually, right. by the initiation of the solar system. And then he goes on, as yet the great ones have not announced their final decision as to whether terrestrial man will be allowed to land upon the moon. Most certainly he will not be in a position for some time even to attempt to land one of his own kind upon Luna. Just before he's in that position, the announcement as to whether such action will be permitted or not will be made through primary terrestrial mental channel to the Earth, and this will be based upon our final decision. And then following mm -hmm. that up, the following month, also published in Cosmic Voice, issue 19, uh, he said, sorry, I said the following month, actually. It was uh, published several months later, but this transmission was December of 1958. And he then confirmed that, in fact, man would not be allowed to land on the moon. So that's 1958. But remember right. the prophecy from Mars 6 made in 1958, uh, just before he's in that position, that's the position to attempt to land one of his own kind upon the moon, uh, an announcement will be made. And sure enough, it was. And it was made in 1964 on August the 22nd in a transmission which we actually call Join Your Ship. And it's explained. It was known that the initiation of Earth would be successful. It was known that certain bases upon Luna would, after this initiation, become no longer needed and could be evacuated. These bases have now been removed from Luna, certain of them, of course, not all of them. And it was decided psychologically then, after this, that one ban should be lifted to man. As you know, if you followed our true message to terror, this is the Master of Theorists speaking, some of your years ago, Council decided that man would not be allowed to land one of his kind upon any inhabited planet in the solar system. Later, you were informed the same applied to your moon. This ban relating to your moon has now been lifted. Man is now allowed for the first time, if he's able, to land one of his kind or more of his kind upon the surface of Luna. If he is also allowed, if he be fool enough, to bombard the surface of Luna in almost whatever way he so chooses. And sure enough, there'd been several attempts, by the way, going back to 1959, to land on the moon, uh, mainly from the Soviet Union, I think entirely from the Soviet Union. But in, on the 3rd of February 1966 was the first soft landing on the moon by, by the Soviet Union, and uh, that was Luna 9, and Surveyor 1, so there'd been eight attempts before that, by the way, uh, Surveyor 1, USA, 2nd of June 1966, they had a soft landing on the moon, which again shows, contrary to what the materialistic scientists will think and what they're going to believe, no matter what we say, uh, it's all about gaining permission to make these landings. Yes. And the permission was then granted, and then they did it. Um, so I, and the same, of course, is true of landing on other planets in the solar system. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's shows again, I think, Chrissy, the incredible consistency, credibility, accuracy of our teachings. It's funny, I was just going to say that, Richard, just demonstrate the consistency uh, when you really study them as you, as you have been. And um, it's amazing, really. In terms of... 
Yeah. In terms of this um, mention here, so by the master of theorists, this, this prophecy here that will come, uh, that mm. your internal systems will change, uh, is very, very relevant to us right now in May of 2021 because we're told the inter internal systems of the Pentagon are about to change and hopefully other governments too will have to see what they actually do and people will know we'll talk more about this in future shows on Ethereus Radio Live I'm sure and not just on Ethereus Radio Live because the Ethereus Society has a lot to say about this we've called for it we've stated it we've published it we've demanded it uh, for 60 years or more and let's hope it actually does happen but some of the developments lately uh, have included, and um, we've gone into some of these before, uh, the British astronaut, Dr. Helen Sharman, stating her belief in alien existence, which could be invisible to us. Very interesting statement. That came out last year. Haim Eshed, the former Israeli defense chief, who said that there's definitely life on other planets, that there is a federation. They're cooperating with us. They're waiting for the time to come among us. Louis Elizondo, who's always on TV, I think, over in America. People will know him, I'm sure, by now. Former Pentagon official who's made startling remarks, even in recent days, about the fact that the, these craft are able to travel at 100 knots underwater. I think it was him or another official who said this that uh, they have been filmed, they have a technology which cannot be duplicated in Russia, China, uh, or any other nation, or certainly the USA or anywhere else. Dr. John Ratcliffe, former head of the, the uh, I think, the defense uh, secretary in America, I think that was his position, he has come out and said that they have powers that, you know, they, they don't cause a sonic boom when they, they exceed the speed of sound, which they should do, according to our science. And, and we have a, a, a people here, former um, Minister of Defense person here is revealing a lot. This is all coming out now. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens, uh, Chrissy, in, in the coming weeks. Certainly it will. It's interesting, Richard, actually, I wanted to ask you, you chose the topic for this show, Initiations of Solar System, and it's so timely, considering all the revelations that you've been talking about. And I don't know if you were aware of it when you selected it. No. The, master, the words of the Master of Theories that we reach a saturation point, the revelations must be made. But we're actually living this prophecy now. And um, mm. I know you've been campaigning on this since the 70s, virtually non-stop throughout the world. It must be really exciting for you that, we're, you know, it's happening now. It is. I'm, you know, I don't want to count my chickens, as we say over here, before they hatch, because, you know, we've had so many false uh, moments and we'll have to see how honest they are. I mean, I, I think we need to stand by also for a concerted effort to make us think they, you know, we need to, to have some defense from them because yes. they're hostile. That's but I, I mean, I did say on a, on a show in America not very long ago, actually, a radio show, uh, which you ranged actually, Chrissy, which I was on uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, that, you know, they're in a bit of a lose-lose situation because if they come up with a defense argument that this poses a big threat to our defenses, then they can be accused of gross incompetence and negligence in not preparing the world sooner for this dire threat. I mean, their revelations are only coming about because Donald Trump put it into a financial bill connected to COVID, and they're, they're suddenly having to reveal all this. Um, and, you know, if they're then going to say, well, this is a very dangerous thing and we could be in trouble, I think they're going to look really bad either way. And on the other hand, if they oh. don't say that, then they, you know, they're, they're logical about it and say that obviously they're friendly, which obviously they are. I think it, it's common sense. I mean, if they weren't, we wouldn't be here discussing it. Um, then, you know, then people must must look, surely, Chrissy to an organization like the Ethereum Society. But to answer your question, I, I didn't factor it in at all when I decided on this. Okay. I decided on this because of the whole confluence of the events, the alien mission, Carmelite, Operation Carmelite, the initiation of Earth. I suggested we did this because it's a kind of missing link in understanding even things like when will the next master come? But we haven't got time to go into that on this show today. As a matter of fact, I think we're virtually running out of time here, Chrissy, unless you have anything you wish to add before Chrissy, uh, Nikki's announcements. No, I think uh, nothing else to add, except um, it certainly answers all the questions that you must have been asked over the decades by radio shows about you know, why we can't see life on other planets and so on. So 
It does. And of course, what they'll tend to do is be skeptical about it. And they'll tend to say, well, that's very convenient for you that that, you know, and this type of cynical view. But actually, it, it, it's not convenient at all. It's brilliant. And it's yeah. an outstanding move, which was planned for a long time. And the timing, as we've tried to show, was spot on and perfect and enabled. And had they not done it, then no matter how hard people on Earth tried to get to Mars or Venus, they wouldn't have got there if the beings there hadn't allowed them to do so. And, you know, a lot of people won't believe that, but whether they believe it or not doesn't alter it at all. That's the great thing about the truth delivered through the Ethereum Society. We'll have to carry this topic on the next time we have a show, which I think will be July, probably, Chrissy. And um, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. And... Uh, We'll, we haven't quite finished it yet, so we will carry it on. A lot more interesting things in the initiation of the solar system. And by then, we'll have a lot more revelations about UFOs, I think. I hope so. That was a fantastic, fantastic show. As mentioned earlier, for the next ARL show on June 15th, Chrissy will be joined by her guest, Paul Nugent, and they will be discussing the intriguing title, The Speeding Up of Evolution. And if you would like to find out more on the facts mentioned in the show, please visit Aetherius.org. You can connect with Richard through his website, richardlawrence.co.uk, and also with Chrissy through her website, astrologycity.com. Boy, that was an amazing show, and thank you, Richard and Chrissy. That was incredible. And we hope you enjoyed the show, and thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to your company next month.